Andrew, and I'm still dealing with this new camera. I got Ben Wan here, the senior Batman correspondent for Superhouse Live. What's up, guys? Good to be back. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, we're still figuring it out, as we always are. And um, this time around, there was some news this morning about the uh, Batman movie that mm -hmm. is going to be... Uh, it's going to be by Matt Reeves, and it's said it was going to be set in the 90s. So what are your thoughts on that, Ben? Uh, well, I mean, there's pros and cons of this, I think, because if it is set in the 90s, um, those who are fans of the Snyder Affleck version of Batman would probably be happy, because he does say in Batman vs. Superman uh, that he's been working for 20 years in Gotham. So being that was 2016, that means that he started around 1996, so that means Goodwill Hunting era Ben Affleck is the year one Batman in the Snyderverse. That said, um, the idea of a Batman movie in the 90s doesn't really excite me that much. I didn't think the 90s really added much to Captain Marvel. I, you know, I got why it was part of it. It was, you know, it was a prequel after all. But other than just nostalgia with the music and the soundtrack, I didn't really think it added much. Um, there is some nostalgia for Batman in the 90s, of course, with the, the cartoon. But I don't think there's anything specific to the 90s in that cartoon that you wouldn't get just from trying to bring the cartoon to life. Um, that was the whole point of that. Like, that's the reason why it's, it's probably still the best version, the best cartoon, is because it doesn't really feel dated. It has this timeless feel to it um, that's unique to that. So I don't really think a 90s version is something that excites me. However, like, I'm just, I'm curious. I'm like, we'll wait and see. We'll see how this works out. So it could either work as a prequel to um, sort of the Batfleck version, um, or if you could really stretch it, it could be a sequel to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, since that's supposed to be set in the 80s. There is supposed to be a young kid version of Bruce Wayne in there, but you could maybe stretch it if, if this is like an early 20s version of Bruce Wayne. Maybe he's maybe this that's the one in this one, and maybe the Joaquin version of Joker can show up in this. I don't know. The continuity, as we're seeing, is is being thrown all over the place. You know, the recasting, the rebooting, everything. Will Smith is no longer Deadshot. Idris Elba has already replaced him, supposedly. So who knows in terms of casting-wise. But that's my thoughts on the 90s. What do you think, Andrew? Well, I'm on record many, many a time uh, <laughs> where um, I did not – I'm not really a huge, huge fan of the period superhero movies. Like, I really – I've been dying for the X-Men to get kind of – back into the fold i want them to be i'd like the x-men to be set in the present um and i want i you know I oh yeah this like, new one's in the 90s too what's up with the 90s with the superhero movies the night the, the 90s are like getting to be huge now um i think we're just kind of circling about back around to that time period mm -hmm. uh like we have been with the 80s forever um mm -hmm. So the 90s are going to have their day which is fine but i just when it comes to superheroes i really like them to be like, I just want the setting to be now. I mean, yeah. I kind of liked, I did kind of feel like the, it worked with Wonder Woman pretty much okay. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why that is, uh, but it just didn't bother me that much. But it's just like, Batman has a lot to do with like his gadgets. Yeah. And, and the, the whole utility belt and all. And, and I know like you could do a whole noir thing with it being set in the 30s and 40s. And that mm -hmm. might almost be a little bit better. Because that all, that's also an ode to the time period in which he was created. So there's something about that that could work. But with the 90s, it's not far back enough for it to work, I feel like. Um, yeah. it's just, And it also feels like it's just, it's just DC 
you know, panhandling or whatever the whatever the verb I'm trying to search for is, you know, they're just following the hot stuff. Like Captain Marvel just came out. <laughs> like, okay, sure, it's made a lot of money, but that's not why it made a mu- bunch of money. Of course not. No, the no. '90s setting was not the reason. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I just I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, again, we're talking about rumors right now. Right. So it's whatever. Who knows what's going to happen? But but yeah, again, the gadgets, the technology of the time, uh, it's a big deal. Like I would rather mm-hmm. Batman be like dealing with drones and uh, like having what other kind of like DARPA fucking like some crazy technology. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to get too sci-fi, but you know, right. I'd like for it to just it just be better if it was present time. Honestly, right. like whenever yeah. they talked about the fucking shit and um the Dark Knight, whenever they had near the end where he had the, uh, the telephone thing, the telephone he, thing that could yeah, monitor everything. everything. Like that was a fucking whole like sci-fi movie in and of itself. That, that Absolutely. Whole, and it brought up the whole issues of like wiretapping and, you know, Patriot Act type 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 of stuff in our world at right. that time, 2008. So like it was relevant. I don't really see the benefit of like even bat. I don't see a lot of appeal in like, Oh, it's Batman with like nineties technology. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I can see the thirties or so being like, okay, that's kind of cool. Cause it's a lot more hampered. Right. But the problem is like the nineties is basically kind of like our times now, except people don't like nothing looks as slick and technology is <laughs> not up to, up to par. That's about it. Like this is not right. Everything kind of looks the same. It's just certain technology isn't there and people don't, people wear a lot baggier clothes and that's about it. It's like, I don't really see, <laughs> yes. there's nothing in that. And I'm like, eh. the idea of it being in the nineties, um, you know, we have been reading about how he's very influenced by detective movies for this one. Um, oh, yes. He, yes. Yeah. On Twitter, he was asked uh, if, you know, somebody was, asked, was like shot in the dark, but did, did you look at Chinatown or something? And he actually did say like, yeah, I did actually watch it for like the millionth time on like on the <laughs> WB lot before he started working on it. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, apparently he also said on Twitter, he flat out said that he's listening to Bernard Herman's score for Taxi Driver while writing the script, which again, is an interesting take. It would be a completely different, I don't know if he's planning to use that type of music into the movie, but it's the, it would be a different type of feel certainly for the music for, for a Batman movie instead of the sort of Elfman-esque superhero theme or the, the Hans Zimmer loud in your face type of dramatic, dramatic stuff. Right, it was right, more of a right. noir type score. It could be interesting. I'd have to see it in order to, to figure that out. But I, I do think it's, it's sounds promising uh, that he wants to emphasize the world's greatest detective side over everything else. Cause I feel like that's kind of something that's been missing it's been there every now and then, but it's never been emphasized to the point where you walk away from that movie think that, thinking that Batman's a genius. Usually it's like, oh, he's a badass. Oh, he like he always wins type of thing. But I, I don't think – I've rarely seen people walk out of the movie theater thinking of him being almost on a Sherlock Holmes-level detective. I, I Yeah, and he said this in several, several different interviews. So it seems, mm-hmm. like, it seems like we're going to get that. I mean, yeah, I remember reading interviews – before the Dark Knight came out, that they were going to have a detective aspect in 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 the Dark Knight, and they did they did with the bullet thing, right? And like that's was, pretty much it. That's all we got. That was, and even then, I was just it was stretching it because I'm just like, there's no way you can. If you know how bullets work, it's kind of like there's no way you can actually do that. But okay, fine, I'll buy into it in this reality. Right. But it's more preferable to like doing seeing him do some d- deductive stuff, deductive reasoning. Like I was. Honestly, more impressed in the Dark Knight when 
honestly, some of my favorite parts of Dark Knight is the stuff that people don't talk about. So for me, it's the subtlety of, um, you know, that sequence where like Joker threatens to blow up a hospital. Yeah. And he's going around trying to figure out which cops could be like liable to, sh- to kill that one dude to try to prevent the hospital getting blown up. Right. And as Bale's driving around, he like knows the name of every single goddamn police officer as he's driving around. Oh, right. I love that. But right. like nobody talks about that shit because it's so subtle. But like if you right. if you see that scene, I'm just like, oh, that's there. I need more of that. Right. Right. Like kind of like Batman, Bruce Wayne are always like always in the know. Mm-hmm. They always, yeah. they, they, same person basically, but like, yeah. like uh, the smartest guy in the room, kind of an asshole at times. Like there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's those times in the justice league cartoon and the movies, the, the animated movies where he's kind of a dick, but yeah. it's awesome where he's like, if I had, there's that one, t- one scene where he's like, if I had a week to explain this to you, I, <laughs> I couldn't list all the reasons that was wrong about that. Right. Yeah. Like, he says that to it's Superman. Superman. Yeah. yeah, like that's I would I would enjoy some stuff like that. Like like this is definitely a guy that like is hard on himself and he's going to be mm-hmm. hard on everybody else. Right. Um, I think that'd be cool. I, I mean, all the stuff we're hearing from Matt Reeves, it does feel like he's what am I trying to say here? He He's making it seems like he's going to make the best one. And I know we always think this every time one comes out. <laughs> it's going to be the best Batman. But these these interviews that we're hearing about are so fucking good. Like, yeah. we're going to be World Creative Detective. We're basing it on Taxi Driver, a little bit of Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and maybe even like a little bit of Mask of the Phantasm. You know, like, I feel right. like, like he he's, even, he's really honing in on this, man. I think yeah. it's going to be good. He even referenced one of his favorite Batman stories being Batman Ego by Darwin Cook. I have not read that, actually. Right. Is, well, that, is that good? It's it's good. It's very – I don't think he's going to adapt it at all because it's very much – it's basically – the whole story takes place in, in Bruce Wayne's head. But oh, really? I was more – I wasn't impressed so much of that being the story, even though it's a good story. Uh, I was just more impressed that he cited that because most people would take, you know, the – you can Google Batman and find the most famous comic book stories. And everything, and list those. It's like, oh yeah, like year one and Long Halloween. But for him to cite ego, like that shows an actual like love for the character, someone who actually is interested in those types of aspects. This isn't just kind of going on a Google search of like, okay, what's all the stuff I need to know right now because I have this new gig. Well, Snyder, uh, Snyder did cite uh, Noel, I think, at one point too, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, if he did, I, I don't remember, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because of the the way the suit looks is very much across between that and like the Jim Lee bat suit and the Frank Miller type yeah. stuff. I, d- I do hope that that aesthetic for the suit carries over. Cause I do love how that was the first time in a long time or even really ever that, that it felt like the comic book Batman come to life as opposed to the black rubber suit type of version that uh, right. was carried over from the, from the nineties stuff. Right. Yeah. I was, I had mixed feelings about the Snyder one because I mean, a, he was the best fighting Batman we ever had. I think course, everybody yeah. says that, but like, I like the the return to to or the first time in film since Adam West, like the return to Gray, mm-hmm. a little bit more comic booky. I think that's v- welcome, very welcome. Like, like there's a few like when 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 Nolan first came out with those movies, I thought mm-hmm. they were pretty much perfect. I thought like everything about it was perfect. But now that we've had like ten or more years away, obviously not perfect. There's some things that aren't great. Like like. His super realistic tone works like ninety nine percent of the time, but there are some time, but there's that one percent of the time where it's like, ah, I wish this was a little bit more comic booky, right? You know? 
like you're you're watching a Batman movie, so you kind of you kind of want some of that. Uh, it kind of makes it kind of backfires when it makes the um, it makes the more comic booky elements seem more ridiculous when it's set right. against the realistic backdrop. Whereas right. just like you know, you watch Dark Knight, it's like oh, this is hardcore like heat type stuff, and then you watch the car chase scene where there's like some random cop dude giving like action movie '80s action movie commentary, being like, oh, that's not good, or that's what I'm talking about. Yes, and yes. I'm like. Where did if, this come from? If you're like, if you're watching this out, yeah. out there on the internet and you have <laughs> not watched Batman Begins in a while, you're exactly right, Ben. That fucking scene, that whole sequence is it's great, but when you go back and watch it, it's like there's a bad car, you know, like it's like a, yeah, it's like, pretty cheesy dialogue. Even like the the finale with against Rosal Ghoul, there's like five times where that old guy in the station is like, "It's gonna blow," and I'm like, "Look, I get it. Okay, it's gonna <laughs> blow. Like, it's gonna go back to him fighting Roz because like we don't really need these guys." Like, right. It's it's I, I think it's it's because each one it's always like the city's at stake. The city the city's at stake, and um, it would be interesting to see a Batman movie if it's really a detective one. Then it it probably won't be the city's at stake. It'll probably be more along the lines of some sort of emotional stake. That's why um, one of my favorite animated movies is Under the Red Hood. Oh, because yeah, for sure, the man. the ending has nothing to do with saving Gotham. It has everything to do with like challenging Bruce's soul. It is, it is a basically standoff between three individuals and all this horrible thing that happened to this one kid and what that turned him into. And it, it has so much more emotional weight to it than... It's gonna blow, even though I love Batman Begins. But still, like it's it, it. I want that type of finale more than trying to stop somebody from blowing up the city or anything like that. Because I've seen that so many times since the '90s that like I want to see the emotional stakes. That's also kind of why I guess the Dark Knight ending sort of does have more emotional weight. Because even though I do love the scene where he he takes down, um, you know, he has to take down the SWAT team. And everything because they might be taking out the hostages, but it, it does it ends on the whole two face sequence. It ends on emotional stakes rather than just that action scene, right? Um, right, as right. Opposed to the other ones. So I I want more of that for this one, and I hope I hope Reeves pulls through on that. I agree. I think I mean that third act in Under the Red Hood is really like highly charged. You have like mm-hmm. the just the emotion of the characters. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it too much, you know, but yeah, the emotion. Right from the three characters on screen three or four and it's just really like it's more emotional than most live action shit you've ever seen and if they if they're able to get anywhere near that that would yeah. be incredible and yeah we don't need a earth shattering thing we need there's so there's just so much uh, psychological stuff going on with this character there's mm-hmm. and the and the philosophies too you have like the philosophy of the dark knight or whatever books like that out mm-hmm. and there's so much ground like you don't yeah, you're right. You don't you don't you don't need all of that. It'd be mm-hmm. cool maybe in a third one, you know? Maybe build yeah. build it up, you know. Yeah. Don't don't blow your load in that direction in the first one. Right. You know, save, also, save that for the third. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But after now seeing, you know, we've seen half the universe get wiped out. Yeah, in Marvel yeah. movies. So I'm just like, I yeah. don't need another earth shattering, universe shattering thing anymore in, in any of my superhero movies. Like I if anything, I need more emotional weight. And stuff. Cause... I mean, like, like Civil War, like, pretty much is another pretty good example. That's another good one. Yeah, it's two yeah. two dudes duking it out in a basement, pretty mm-hmm. much in the end, and it's it's amazing, you know. That's yeah. and it's it. The thing is, too, like as as a viewer, it's it still feels about as epic, even though it's like two people for, 
instead of like the whole world, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I want more of that stuff. I think it depends on the characters who they have, like what the actual story is. Cause as of now, uh, obviously Batman's in it. Uh, Alfred and Gordon are likely in it. Um, there are, all that we know story-wise as confirmed by funny enough, Ben Affleck is that it is about a younger uh, rookie ish Batman, not a Batman begins Batman, but one who's like in his first year and has already donned the cow, donned the cowl sort of thing. Um, yeah. That, are, this is another, this is another aspect that they keep saying time and time again in every story. Yeah. So it seems like that is going to be true more than likely. Right, which I'm I'm okay with as long as it as it delves into new territory. I don't need to see him, uh, you know, trying to meld the battering again. But I would, <laughs> it would be cool to kind of see like a young detective version who, I don't know, is encountering something something new, not in the Dark Knight way, where it's just like you know you don't understand the Joker type of thing, but maybe maybe something else along those lines. Um, the only villain rumored so far, or heavily rumored, seems to be the Penguin. Uh, the same report that uh, talked about the 90s setting to said that um, it would have a rogues gallery and Penguin would be among them. So that could be interesting if we're going from like a film noir aspect, he could be, you know, there's always kind of like that fat gangster character in the film noirs, um, like in the Maltese Falcon and things like that. So I think Penguin could fulfill that type of role. I do think um, it's time for a big, on like a big screen Penguin that's a little closer to the comic book because the last time we had that was the Danny DeVito version, which um, I think is slightly underrated, but I also think, um, you know, is very much on the side of like the freak of nature type of penguin. Um, I'd like to see the more gangsterish uh, type of guy. I'd like to see a lot of the comic elements, kind of a more serious version of the Burgess Meredith version from the sixties. Cause he had everything. He had all the tricked out umbrellas. He had all the bird theme and things like that. Right. Um, Somebody who looks like that while having, I guess, the depth or the the, the most interesting version of Penguin, the most, most interesting adaptation of Penguin. I think you'll agree because you've told me that's his fa- your favorite version of Penguin is the Gotham version. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's one of the better versions just because that that one is like it's a it's enough realism realism mixed with mm-hmm. comic book kind of nature and like at first you know it just seems like a like a fatter guy that's a gangster. I don't know, but I like I like the whole like brutal gangster mentality right. that they really showed in you know in his origin there. I think <clears> they did I think they did a lot for for kind of uh, modernizing that that villain yeah. in that show. So I'd, I'd love to see a combination of the Gotham version with the sort of comic book elements of the you know old school Burgess Meredith because even though there's been like five seasons of Gotham, they haven't once really talked about like anything to do with him and birds. The umbrella thing was like he carried an umbrella around, but there's been nothing about doing any trick umbrellas. Like they kind of have lost opportunities to introduce a lot more of the comic book elements and seems to be the same type of story. Every now, every season of like penguin gains power, then he loses it. And then he gains power and he loses (laughs) it. I'm like, okay, like I get it. Robin Wood Taylor is great in it, but I, if I'm going to see penguin on screen, if I'm going to see a new version of penguin, I want something different. I want something that, brings in more comic booky elements of Penguin while also giving me something that's that's newer. So I'd like somebody who who looks closer to the comic book version while also still has the depth and, and, and interesting elements that we've been seeing lately. So that's kind of my take on, on if they do bring Penguin in. But if they do bring him in, I doubt that he's the main villain. I feel like he's kind of like the guy on the side who 
I don't know, maybe like maybe makes a deal with Batman and double crosses him at one point, something like that. So that's kind of that's what I predict will be happening. It's it's like no matter the filmmaker, they always want to add too many of these fucking characters, man. I mean, I'm surprised Aquaman just got away with two, you know, (laughs) I mean, form in fucking uh, black mana, you know, I think this is a scenario, though, where if you're doing a detective store and you have multiple you need multiple suspects. You know, that's like a, that's a great a way to do it. That's one of the yeah. best ways to do it. I hope. I mean, Reeves is, you know, he mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. I guess because right. we already know idea. we already know the origins for a majority of these guys. We've seen the origin stories in all the previous Batman movies. We don't need to kind of we don't really need to reestablish who these guys are so much as have a new twist on it. So if it's more, you know, it's too obvious if it's a detective story of like who's the Riddler and there's a guy named Edward Nigma. Well, like, obviously, all of us are going to know who that is. But if it's like, okay, who did this or who's planning what? And all the suspects are different members of the rogues gallery. This is my prediction. This is, this is what I'm thinking. This is what it is. I don't know if that's what they're going for. But I think something along that lines would be really interesting. Because then, you know, it's still a detective story. It's still mystery. But you get to have the whole sort of pizzazz and blockbuster aspect of all the different uh, Batman villains showing up. And not really sure who the who the main guy is or or anything like that. I guess until the very end, depending on what the what the case is. Yeah, I mean, in your opinion, since you know you're a screenwriter, and mm-hmm. we talk about this stuff a lot before, especially I, I loved it when we talked about the Riddler in this way. Um, right. What uh, slight tangent, but still on topic. Uh, mm-hmm. What does the penguin have to say to Batman or Bruce Wayne? What do you mean? As far as like, um, oh, what does know, he represent? What does he represent, or what? What is other than physical problems? What are the? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like with the Riddler, mm-hmm. we 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 talked about how the Riddler is all about vanity, and mm-hmm. he can't figure out who Batman is. This is one way people have written him before, right? Where mm-hmm. that's one really one really he hasn't been able to figure out. Right. And that says something to Bruce Wayne or Batman's vanity mm-hmm. as well, or something like that. Like you, mm-hmm. you always see yourself in the right. villain, and that's mm-hmm. what makes for good writing. Like ah, fuck, you know, I, I, met, I met a lot of people that think that Magneto is right <laughs> in some yeah. way. In some ways, yeah, you or Killmonger, you know. Yes, or, yes, or, or even is right. I think, yeah, even Thanos was right. There's a subreddit for that. Maybe yeah. most of those people are joking, but mm-hmm. you know, like. Do, what does Penguin have to say thematically or uh, mm-hmm. how, what does mental or whatever problems do you think right. Bruce Wayne would go up against with that character? I mean, I've always seen Penguin as a, like a darker reflection of Bruce. Um, it, it depends on the interpretation because there's certain versions where he comes from, he comes from just from basically a poor middle or at most middle-class family. There's other versions where he comes from riches or whatever. Uh, but in either version, he's still a guy who, like Bruce, is sort of on the... He's more self-made. He's somebody who also values his intelligence. He's mainly used that. He has, you know, think about it. He also has a whole bunch of gadgets. He right. has a whole flying animal theme. Um, there's oh definitely parallels. Okay, yes. All right, good. You know what I mean? Right, so, yeah. like, he's he's kind of the darker reflection of it. I mean, the, the Telltale game... Uh, version of Penguin, which I think is an underrated version because not a lot of people have played it, but it is an excellent adaptation. It's one of my favorites. But that version of him was a guy who uh, basically came from the same, cut from the same cloth, also grew up from a wealthy family, 
or whatever. And then while Bruce went on, Bruce lost his parents and went off to become Batman. Oswald lost his parents and went off and became a crime lord type of thing. And it's okay. kind of like what it, what both types of losses drew them to. And of course, one of the twists is well, I don't want to give away that it is an old video game. Uh, but you, you do see how personal it is for Oswald to go after Bruce when some stuff is revealed later on in that game. Um, I'd like, I'd love to see something similar. Um, there's another version in the cartoons, not the animated series, but the Batman cartoon in 2004 where, um, Cobblepot, uh, the Cobblepot family used to be rich to the point where, uh, Alfred's one of I think Alfred's one of Alfred's relatives used to be the butler for them. Type of <laughs> okay, thing. so they've so really the been hinting, hinting on this. They've been hinting on thing it forever. It, it's yeah, it's been sort of. There's a weird thing in the Batman mythos where like somebody hints at something and it gradually becomes more and more part of it through different adaptations. So there's always, for example, there was always a hint of like maybe Jim Gordon was like the guy who was the cop the night that uh, you know Bruce lost his parents. And then it, 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 it developed into that scene from Batman Begins. And then they made a whole TV show out of it in Gotham. Right. Similar thing here. I think, I think there's, a, there's an interesting parallel between Oswald and Bruce where they both came from very similar areas, but one man went one way and one man went the other. And that comes down to weaknesses too, vulnerability. Because the, the best Penguin stories are the ones where he, and it happens in at least three or four of them. And it's the same goddamn thing that happens. He falls in love to the point where he stops, he almost stops giving up on crime. Okay. Which shows that Oswald is mainly doing this because he wants to be loved. And once he gets that love, he has no motivation to be a criminal anymore. Interesting. Uh, And of course, there's different versions of how that tragically does not go <laughs> the way that you would hope uh and it goes back to being the penguin and stuff and it, there's all different versions of that it's in penguin pain and prejudice it's in um it's in uh this is the other one it's a, it's a story by jason aaron in joker's asylum based around the penguin and it's all different variations of this type of story but that's a common theme that comes up and in the same way bruce is doing this out of the fact that he lost his parents and he's doing it out of love for them and sort of the question of whether or not he can re- really ever get that again or rebuild that again. That's kind of why he has all these sidekicks and everything. It's his attempt to rebuild a family. But then it's like, how successful am I going to be at building that family when all of them are doing the same type of lifestyle that I have? Right. So uh, that's a long way of me saying Penguin to me is a dark reflection of Bruce Wayne. It's like if he, if he didn't have that natural base of goodness somehow. Right. If he didn't have... The morality aspect to it then he could have very well just become that kind of guy right uh i mean yeah and this comes right down to i mean look at physical differences too you right. have a guy who deliberately trained himself to be he's trained his whole body to be weapon and then you have this other guy who basically succumbed to gluttony and you know is known for being overweight and everything it's it's they're they're definitely uh honestly to me i think penguin more than anyone is the quote-unquote other side of the coin more so than okay. even Two Face, right? Everybody wants to draw that parallel with Two Face, but that's yeah. Okay. Two Face is more of like Two Face is a guy who's given up on morality to the point where he leaves it up to the coin. Uh, right. That's why I always I prefer that type of interpretation than the split personality version because I feel like the split personality version is kind of just more of tropes on mental illness and and 
you know, multiple personality disorders creeping through. And I think Two-Face is someone somewhat different than that. I don't think he's a form of, you know, James McAvoy split. Like, I think he's, he's more right. of a guy who got fed up with the fact that he had to obey the law and enforce the law for years. And it never worked to the point where he got acid splash in his face. And then he just was like, screw it. I'm giving up on morality. I'm giving up on the law and I'm leaving it up to the coin. I think he's two faces more interesting, honestly, as an anti-hero than as uh, a full on villain because of that. Uh, so like, let's say penguins, a penguins, the villain in the, in Matt Reeves, Batman, and then or a villain. Yeah. There is a villain. Mm-hmm. So like, you think a story that they could spin is basically Batman just sees what could have been like, I could, I could have, uh, I could have gone this far. Or, Again, or I'm what? not really anticipating. Um, I'm not really anticipating penguin being the main villain for some reason. I just, I just get this feeling possibly because I think um, I get this feeling that Reeves is not going to want to retread on anything before. And we've already had a movie where penguins, the main villain. So who's going to be uh, a fucking Firefly or some shit? Or what's... Well, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Firefly might be in it as a suspect. Uh, personally, I think what could be cool is um, if we're going, if he's going to go with a villain who's never been done on the big screen before, I'd love to see Hugo Strange. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You've said this before. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he, he's a guy who I, I've always kind of wanted to see because there's all different variations of him. He's very much a guy who's, uh, you know, Bane was out to break Batman physically. Hugo Strange is always a guy who's out to break Batman psychologically. Right. So um, one of the underrated stories about Hugo Strange is called Down to the Bone, okay. where he tries to go after Bruce for everything. Takes away his company, takes away his house, to the point where Bruce Wayne has, like, I don't know, two bucks in his pocket and living on the street. And um, this was, like, before Daredevil Born Again. But it's an underrated story because it's just how extreme the stakes were. Um I don't know if that I'd want to see Reeves do that one because it seems like something that that's more appropriate for Batman who's further along in the career. But it'd be interesting to see a Hugo Strange, I think, who um, goes up against Batman and maybe. I mean, this is me starting to write the movie, but uh, go ahead. It, if if potentially he sees because um, he's always sees Batman as an interesting challenge for him to study. So what if we take? Um, what's done in some of the TV shows where strange is in charge of Arkham and strange is the reason why Arkham has such shitty security. Ah, uh, that's the cool. thing about that's such cool. a trope. Like uh, the, everybody breaks out of Arkham, they break out of Arkham, they break out of Arkham. Well, what if it's deliberate? What right. if strange is actually behind all that? Because he want he keeps wanting to test Bruce because he sees Bruce as the ultimate patient sort of thing. Um, that I think would, get all sorts of i mean they'll get a lot of internet chatter too because you have everybody in the memes being like oh that explains why argument has bad security it's all because of this that's dude. like uh explaining no. the death star security flaw <laughs> yeah you know what cool. i mean <laughs> yeah like that was a really well done uh you know retcon oh, yeah. i don't know if you know yeah. not really a yeah. retcon but explanation mm-hmm. for all of that you know that's really mm-hmm. As long as there's some emotional reason, some human error reason for the stuff like that, then right. some believable yeah. reason like that, I think that people will buy a lot of it, you know? Yeah. So it, we'll see. That, I mean, my own issue with it being a rookie Batman is it makes it a little difficult for uh, it to be personal between him and the villain, unless that villain has some sort of personal tie to Bruce's past. That's why Batman Begins, like, it got personal when it turned out to be Ross as the main villain. 
But if it was Scarecrow yeah. the whole time, then it, it just wouldn't hit as much as the idea of him having to go up against the guy who taught him everything he knows. Right. So for this one, you would if Strange is the villain or whoever the villain is, I feel like you'd have to kind of tie it into his past. Uh, I don't know if they want to do some revamped version of, of Hush in that type of role. That could also work. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the comic version of Hush, but I'm down for the concept of the character being adapted and you know futzed around with. I think the, that. The, I mean, you know, I read Hush a long time ago, and I kind of forgot what happened. But well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, not trying to hate or anything, but I do sort of kind of get a feeling like just a loose vibe that I could just see Reeves using that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I, I've listened to some interviews of him and. Just like judging his general character and personality, I could kind of, mm-hmm. I could kind of see that that's a story that that he if he, if they said it's going to be based on Hush, I wouldn't not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, I, I I'd be down for not necessarily an adaptation of Hush, but more of like okay, it's going to be like that where we have the whole rogues gallery and stuff, but it's it's very much about like trying to figure out who among the rogues gallery is behind this because that's kind of what Hush is. Uh, and you have that personal personal tie to Batman because of the fact that Tommy Elliot Hush was his childhood friend. So yeah. I mean, you could you conceivably do the strain the Hugo Strange story I just pitched, but put Tommy Elliot in there because Tommy Elliot is also a doctor. In you know in that story, you can say that he's the head psychiatrist there and have him be the one in charge of that. Maybe Bruce trusts him in the beginning to be the one to keep all these guys under lock and key, not knowing that this guy's actually going to do the complete opposite. Um, so that could be really cool. Uh, so they could um, even use that to explain... How, like I always thought it was weird how Hush looked like the Invisible Man with like the bandages, but maybe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that could, I think of whenever yeah, I see that still. But maybe that could be like a poetic thing in the movie, where he's like, I'm the Invisible Man. I'm the guy you never thought would turn on you type of thing and they are remaking the invisible man so that's going to be in the collective unconscious yeah potentially with army hammer who was rumored to be (laughs) back in the running so it's an interesting segue to there because i was gonna i was gonna wrap this up with talking about some of the the actors who've been discussed or or casting stuff let's go into that are you you cool for going into that now yeah yeah all right let's do it absolutely uh, so it's, it, there's been some interesting names who's popped up because it seems like Reeves is very much looking for guys in their twenties, guys in their, or at least their, their early thirties at the most. Um, which I think is a good idea. Well, I think so too. Cause we never like Bale at the most was like 29 at the youngest when he was shooting, uh, Batman Begins. Maybe he was in, maybe he was already 30. Right. Uh, so we've never really seen a mid twenties Batman. That said, uh, there's n- I can't really think of any actor in his 20s who I think is perfect for the role, you know? Um, right, 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 right. British actor named Jack O'Connell has been rumored, and while he has, like, the square jaw and stuff, and he seems to have the acting ability, he's also 5'8". Uh, I'm just like, well, if he's going to play Batman, then I might as well play Batman. Because, <laughs> <his>, like, <laughs> be around the same size. <laughs> So I do think I, I, I'm down for the rumors of it being Army Hammer, even though at this point it seems extremely unlikely because he already was kind of up for it with the whole Justice League mortal that George Miller was doing. It does seem like he's more interested in doing these indie type movies because he already tried to go at bat with those more bigger movies with the whole Lone Ranger stuff and Man from Uncle. 
So yeah. it seems unlikely, but you I never... saw. So I, I saw Call Me By Your Name, and mm. I wasn't really. I'd only seen Army Hammer in uh, Lone Ranger. I feel like, and <laughs> yeah. so I was glad to get like a totally different look at this actor. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, Solby man, I can't like if if he could act like that. Like, fuck, yeah. he's he's very good actor, man. Extremely good, and yeah. I. I mean, age-wise, it's definitely a lot older than what they're looking for, supposedly. But, you know, I feel like yeah. he would fucking crush Bruce yeah. Wayne, dude. Yeah, he could fit the, you know, being in the, the being in his late 20s. They could age him down a little bit. He can kind of get away with it. And, you know, if he shaves, he has a completely clean-shaven face, which he probably will. Um, he comes from money, you know? He comes from, like, everyone jokes about Arm and Hammer with his name. But that's, that's literally the actual, uh, that's his family company. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of has been born from that, uh, so he kind of knows how it's like to have sort of the fame and riches and stuff, but also have his own trying to have his own life outside of that. So uh, I'm down for that. I just think it's just given the way things are going, it seems unlikely for it to happen. But you know, again, stranger things have happened. I know that we really like Gyllenhaal for the role, but he's definitely too old for yeah, you know, twenties yeah. type. Um, scenario which is a shame but uh you know it's we'll see how he does as mysterio um <laughs> one, why not man that's cool yeah. whatever yeah. it'll be fine it'll be fine um it's, it's interesting too because mike is this going to be as i said earlier is this a prequel to the ben affleck batman or is this its own thing because you're either going to be casting your own version of batman alfred and gordon or you're going to be casting a young ben affleck a young jeremy irons and a young jk simmons and those in my mind are two completely different things because you can cast any actor you want really for young Batman. But if you want, if you're trying to sell that, this is the young version of the Affleck, eh, like, okay, there's only, there's very few guys who I think could do that as well as, as pull off the role. I think hammer could potentially be okay. As if you say that he's the young version of Affleck, cause he, he's also, you know, he's a really big guy has a similar type of build a um, little thinner, but that, that you know, that's fine. Can, that's the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he could go to the gym. I, I mean, the other thing is too, is like, like what you said about him being from money, you know, that's the thing. Like he didn't have to do like, call me by your name. Really? Like kind of sold me on the guy because yeah. he didn't really have to do a movie where he <laughs> right. plays, he plays like a, a homosexual character, you know, right. like he doesn't have to do that. He, but the, you know, exactly. the script was good. He was a good fit for the role. He made it, and he did a good job. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think he's fine. It would be cool. If he was cast, I'd be like, all right, whatever. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. So him as Batman, I'm down for. It's also been reported that um, Ray Fiennes was recently asked, you know, he, he voiced the Alfred in the Lego Batman movie. And they're like, you know, would you play Alfred in live action? He's like, I would love to do it. Um, and I personally am all for that because um, it's kind of been a very, very small pet peeve of mine that Alfred has never really looked like the comic book Alfred. Right, right, right. right. Gary Oldman, they went full stop trying to make him look like Jim Gordon. They gave him the, the glasses and the trench coat and the mustache and everything. But like Michael Caine, they're just like, all right, just slap on a tuxedo. Like, he, but okay. but I, yes, <laughs> yeah. looks wise, you're correct. But he was probably the best screen Alfred Okay, I mean, absolutely. He was. I'm not. You know, I don't say it takes away from the character. However, if we're gonna 
if we're going to go for a new version that also takes some comic elements that haven't been put up, then I would love to see uh, an Alfred who's not, uh, you know, a wrinkly old man with white hair. I'd oh, like to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, an Alfred who is on the younger side, the bald, the thin, balding guy with a mustache right. who's been in the comics since the 40s. And he would look, totally look like that. Yeah, he totally looks like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he'd be totally. perfect. And even if they did the whole, because there's the whole thing of like, you know, Alfred was, you know, used to be in the SAS or used to be a spy type of thing. And that that works with Ray Fiennes. He can, he can play the gentleman's gentleman type, but he could also be like have that like ruthless side or can take you in a fight type of thing if they ever tapped into that side of alfred that's sort of hinted in in the comics he was even m who's even james bond's boss in a couple of movies oh right so, that's right yes it would be a very similar role i think i think he'd be perfect um for that so i'm rooting for some if it doesn't go to find somebody like that just because i want to change your pace i don't want just any old english guy as Alfred, I'd like to see them actually bring the comic book Alfred to life, actually have him in the tuxedo the whole time, uh, you know, to go all out with, the, you know, make him look balding with the mustache. Like, that would just be cool just to make it different from the previous versions as well as make me feel on screen like, yeah, that is that is what I see in the comics. So that's what I like for Alfred. And then Gordon is kind of like, you know, is it a young J.K. Simmons or is it a... You know, is it just whoever I do anticipate whoever they get for Gordon is probably going to be probably actually going to be in his 40s or so um, about it. About I think. Ten, 10 years older than Bruce Wayne himself in the storyline. If Bruce Wayne is late 20s, Bruce Wayne's late 20s, because like Gordon year one is like 40 something. Is he is he a lieutenant? He's what is it like? Just he's a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant in year one. I don't know if he'd yeah. be lieutenant in this one, but he's lieutenant in year one. Um, there hasn't been any rumors on this because Gordon, you know, isn't exactly as sexy of a, a character to cast compared to Batman or Penguin or any of the the, the villains. But um, one name that I, I thought could be interesting um, that fans of cast is run again disclaimer: this is what fans of cast is not anybody who's actually rumored for it. Um, but somebody brought up Joel Edgerton as a possible like younger Gordon. He's in his forties or so. It's not a like, bad idea. It's not I'm bad. Like, see that because I've never I've seen that guy been like fan cast as different superheroes, but I've personally have never seen him as like a superhero type. Uh-huh. But I can see him as Gordon. I can see him as the cop being all frustrated and everything. Um, I mean, Gary Oldman obviously is is known as like the pinnacle of the best of the you know on screen Gordons um, because he had the best material to work with. Yes, I'd love to see a Gordon who can, you know, is very much the cop who used to be in the army who can, you know, he can hold his own. If Batman and Gordon get caught in an alley, I know that this Gordon can also kick ass. Maybe not as right. well as Batman, but he can also like hold his own. Right, 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 right. There's a famous scene in year one where he beats the shit out of Flass um, <laughs> for that. And I think that was Frank Miller being like, this is not your grandpa's Jim Gordon. Like, it was his way of <laughs> trying to establish that. But I, I'd love to see that because I, you know, I think Gordon, Gary Oldman's Gordon was definitely somebody who I'm like, yeah, I would love to have. Like, he was a great father figure type, but I never quite, if there was one flaw to it, there, I never quite believed him in that aspect. I would always think that he was always, like, more on the hostage end of things than as the guy who, you know, seemed to have gone through a lot of military training and stuff. For me, personally, I don't know if you felt the, felt the same way. It wasn't a huge part of the movies, but... Again, this is one of those things where I'm just like, this is not a flaw for the previous versions. It's just a new aspect I'd like to see if 
they're bringing in other comic book elements into this new adaptation. No, I mean, yeah, I think everybody would like to see a kind of a badass Gordon, and, and right. like I think they they sort of showed a little bit of that in the Dark Knight. Whenever the kid asks, you know, did you say the Batman save you, Daddy? And then he's like, Well, actually, yeah. I saved him. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that shit's fucking awesome. I love that, and mm-hmm. I'd I'd like to see more of that, more of like a fist fight kind of thing. That would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. maybe it's like. Now I'm kind of envisioning it like that street fighting scene in uh, Training Day, like it's real fucking gritty. And mm, Gordon yeah. Gordon damn near gets his fuck damn near dies in a street fight. Like that <laughs> would be kind of that'd yeah. be kind of cool too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think anybody would have, have any problem with that, man. I, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like fucking badass Gordon, let's do yeah. it. I I loved. It. I mean, Oldman fucking ruled. That's one of my favorite parts yeah. of. No, he's good. Of that whole thing was I thought I thought he really nailed you know nailed that character and uh, I mean the, like t- talking about like seeing uh, tidbits seeing nuances of the yep. of these movies ten years later there's a scene in the first in the Dark Knight where Gordon's sitting outside of that somebody's office I think a Two Face's office or something and he just has his legs crossed. Um, it's like, it's like around the time when they're talking about, uh, I think the, um, the, 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 the Chinese guy, I forget his name. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's just sitting with his legs crossed in the chair and there's something really good about that body language. I felt like, Mm -hmm. like, I felt like that was a definite like choice from, from Oldman and it, for some reason, I don't know why, but it really it kind of fleshed <laughs> out that character even mm-hmm. a little bit more to me. Like yeah. I don't know what it was, man, but it just it just really kind of caught my eye. It was like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But I thought it was cool. It's it's <laughs> just mean, I like the way like the Goldman's a fuck, uh, Oldman's a genius, you know. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, he his Gordon was somebody you would want to be friends with. He was somebody who you can see as an ally for that. It's. They, it was the first time they explored Gordon's uh, at-home life with a family sort of thing. Because oh, yeah. like, before yeah. it was just like, all right, his daughter's Batgirl in the 60s show. Like, that was it. But, yeah. like, you actually, yeah. like, came home to him. You'd see the effect it had on his wife type of thing. I'd love to see some elements of that, not, you know, without taking away too much from the story. But uh, if they could bring in some of those types of elements, I think that'd be good. I know you got to go in a second now. Yep. Um, is that pretty much the end of the casting? Uh, I mean, I guess that leaves Penguin. If Penguin's actually going to be in this, then... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about him. We might as well wrap with, the, with who could be the villain in this, but um, with Penguin, it's... I mean, Josh Gad has been rumored, but I personally, like, unless he has a really interesting performance that comes... I mean, I've, we've been wrong before, obviously, with Heath Ledger, with Michael Keaton and stuff, yeah, so yeah, yeah. if he does get cast, I'll be like, all right, obviously Matt Reeves saw something in him. Um, an actor who I like better for the role who wants it is a lesser known guy named Paul Walter Hauser. He's okay. been on uh, he actually did Instagram video of him trying basically putting on his own voice for the character. And it was really good. Okay. I liked it myself. Um, some people, I, I don't think it, it got around that much just cause he's not that well known an actor, but he was in the I, I Tanya movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. He was, 
Uh, I mean, I, the problem is I didn't see that, so I don't even know which character to tell you, but I guess he was the heavyset guy in that. But um, Okay, a little bit more he, of a minor character, I think. Yeah, um, but he, he seems to have passion for the role, but he also looks like it too, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm down for that. I know I'm on record for saying I'd love to see anti-circus, but I also think if it's a younger version of Batman, then it will probably have a younger version of Penguin. It seems unlikely to me that we're going to see a young Batman beat the shit out of Andy Serkis. It's just not, I just don't think that that's going to be happening. But again, I could be wrong. I would love to see him in the role. I'd love to be wrong about that. would love to be wrong about Josh Gad if he does get cast. But uh, those are my thoughts on Penguin casting. Nice. I honestly don't have any fucking, like I know, <laughs> I know about the Josh Gad guy. I, I know him. I know those rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fucking Robin Lord Taylor, Taylor, he's doing yeah. a fucking excellent job and it's hard for me to think of anybody else. That, I mean, there's like the cheesy picks like Jack Black or something. Uh, <laughs> and fucking what's his name w- would have been amazing. Um, the guy that played Capote, the guy that died. Uh, oh, yeah. I felt, I felt like he would have been great. Um, that was the rumor at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, it's, it's one of those where it's, it, it might be one where it's a surprise casting where it's like, it, we'll see who, um, you, you know, it might be a name where it's just like really him. And then he just nails it out of the park. So that's what I'm hoping for. For all these. In the end, we just want this to be a good movie. If it's not, if it's not who we want in the role, it, we, it'll be somebody who we at least root for to do a good job. Yes. I mean, it seems like DC's on the right track. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I liked Aquaman pretty good and Shazam to me is looking good. Looking good. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm now going to play our outro song. I <laughs> forgot. Right. I forgot the intro. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right. How's the sound on your end, man? Pretty good. Uh, I can hear it. Okay. Decent? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, this has been Andrew from Superhouse Podcast. Thanks for checking us out, man. This is Superhouse yep. Live as well. We're still figuring this out. It's been kind of a rough year technically and stuff. And kind of re-envisioning the whole podcast and everything like that. But, um, yeah, check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitch now. I think you might be watching. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we're streaming all over the place. So, uh, you got any, uh, any um, clubs before we head out of here, man? Uh, not right now. I think I'll be back because I'm feeling there's going to be a trailer to a certain Joker movie coming out soon. Good plug, man. Uh, anyway, this has been Andrew. Catch us on Patreon as well. Superhouse Podcast at Patreon on Patreon. And uh, that's it. We are signing off. See you guys. See ya. Wait. All right, man. Here we go. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got to jump on my other call, but uh, that was cool, man. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.